Now she is, Captain. Isn't she a beauty? Yes, she is, Mr. Scott. Is she ready to go? Aisa. She's ready to go to the stars. This is the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. It's mission to seek out new ideas, find new games, and to boldly bring the awesome to your game. Mr. Scott, Warp 9. I Captain. And now, our host. This is Bruce. This is John. This is Trav. This is Pixie. Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast, your podcast of creating the most amazing thing and finding out it doesn't come with a warranty. Oh, I had to return this thing. My, my magic wand of, of excellent growth doesn't make things grow like I want them to. <laughs> it just gets bigger. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Hey, hey. <laughs> Welcome to the TriTech Games Podcast. Uh, this week we are uh, hopefully finishing up um, the bulk of our uh, creating the perfect magic system. Uh, we are now on a, a number 12, item number 12. And uh, there may be a few little things that we've uncovered during our examination so far that we want to tack on afterwards as an epilogue. But for now, we are doing magic items what are they what are they for and how do we how should they be created you have joined the most secret government agency that you have never heard of the 13th bureau of justice otherwise known as bureau 13 you are a government agent charged with the duty of disposing of the greatest unnatural threats to the people and the, and the economy of the united states and canada you will work under the knowledge that you are funded by an organization so secret, even the highest government officials do not know of your existence. Welcome to the elite band of people who wander the dark streets of the night, ever searching for the horrors that should not exist in this modern age. You are a special agent, stalking the Night Fantastic. Bureau 13 is a Gen Con award-winning RPG of modern horror and paranormal adventure. Is available from Tritech Games at TritechGames.com in both the original editions and in the D20 edition, with a new Savage Worlds edition coming soon. Remember that wherever the supernatural waits, good and evil, the agents of Bureau 13 will be there. But the evil is growing. And if you want to go and say, hey, it should take longer to make these better items, then that's where you fall into our next criteria, which is, are there special materials that are necessary to make the item? I think this might fall back, and Josie can feel this because she knows the fandom better than I do, the wands in Harry Potter. Oh, hell. <laughs> wow. Even given how few we're told about in the books, you gotta figure there's a lot more different materials than than there 
than we're actually told about. Yes, but the most the most powerful wand that ever existed was a simple twig from an elder tree. That's according to the legend, at least. Of course it is. But when he snapped it, you didn't suddenly see weird things springing out of the core of that wand, did you? No. Okay. But yes, they put a lot. They, they they always have a core to the wands in Harry Potter because what's his name? Ollivander was always talking about oh, with the core of this, the core yeah, of that. The foot of the tree and and the tree has to be specific too. Mm-hmm. Always and it's always weird items. So you want to make a a a a, a a crystal of seeing? Well, you're going to need a beholder eye, the big one. So you're saying you you want that. You want there to be <coughs> these really – because you have a choice. I mean, you, I've, I've, I've seen at least one system where the magic users create this kind of a magical material. Let's call it uh, – oh, what is it called? Um, uh, like um, – I, I can't think of it. I'm sorry. Uh, there's actually a material one. Get, and basically, you you make it. You can extract it out of other magic items. And actually, it's a video game. And then you take this stuff and you, and you can turn it, turn around, and then make it into other items. And so it's kind of a magical, amorphous material that's just can be used into making into any item you want. Flavodium. Uh, it wasn't with an F, but it, I thought it started with an I. But anyways, it doesn't matter what it's called. But the point is is that the mages would create this this material that could then be used to make any magic item they wanted to. It wasn't easy to make that material, but then they didn't have but after that they didn't have to worry about eye of Newton, toe of frog, or anything like that. Okay, so that's that's one option. Or the other option is to go and say, you know, every item that you want to make has a dozen special components that have to go into the into the construction of that item. You know, not to mention any artistic qualities that are necessary to do it. Yeah. So if you, yeah, because I think each beholder eye does something different, if I remember correctly. That's yeah. correct. Yeah, so you might turn around and say, "Well, you you yeah, the one that, bl- that does the lightning that does the lightning bolt, you need that for a lightning wand. The one that does the heat ray, you got you need that for a fire wand. You know, that's just the start." <laughs> yeah, we're not trying to kill the beholder because it's an evil beast that is preying upon the neighborhood. We're trying to get rich. We want magic items. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're going after parts. We're just going to call ourselves Igor here. Igor one through five. And that's when you got to worry because that's when you come across the beholder who has two, has three eye patches over a couple of his eyes. So what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> and Bruce, you guys again. <laughs> and Bruce, it, there's something here. It's Igor. <laughs> but yeah, but it, you know, <laughs> you know, you need wyvern feathers. You need the heart of a of a purple worm. No. Well, no, I, I, I get where, well, no, Josie, I get what they're getting at there because it would, with having, oh, you got to make these magic items. You need these specific components. I, it, I could see that because going back to the Harry Potter thing, that's how those are even made. Well, yeah, but also it drive for a game master point of view, it drives the adventure. You get, yes, oh, I want to make this ultra powerful magic item. I have to go, we have to go and kill these five different animals or beings or 
beast critters, okay, to get these things. Well, in the meantime, you're racking up experience points because you're taking these things out. Then you come back, you have the wand made, or you make it yourself, and then you go and take out the big bad. Meanwhile, you've been spreading a reputation of, you know, beast slayers. Some of the islands are legendary. You need the teeth of a chicken. The tears are a crocodile. Oh, I used that at work, yeah, when something was rare. I said, yeah, they're as common as hen's teeth. Of course, this is somebody Josie's age, and it just went right over there like, you're killing me here. <laughs> <laughs> They've never seen a live chicken in their lives. Well, no, just the term, as common as hen's teeth. They just yeah. never heard the phrase, so it just went right over. Yeah. yeah. But no, uh, I, I do like the, the, that in certain games the special materials are required because it, it's part of, like, you need unicorn blood to make this, or you need a unicorn horn, or the wings off, or the, the feather off a Pegasus wing. It adds to the, the quest factor because you are going out and doing these things and gaining experience and you are, you know, strengthening the character story. Yeah, well, there's a big difference between a Pegasus wing and the Pegasus wing. Again, that's that would be campaign dependent. If you're running in yeah. a campaign in ancient Greece, and you're going after the Pegasus, good luck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're going to need more than luck. Uh, well, but but if you include a lot of these really special components, as in they're rare, not just they're you know, that means that you know the. When you talk about making a magic item, most of the time that you're spending making the magic item with air quotes is actually amassing these components that you need to be, you know, to before the final enchantment occurs, and yeah. that could take hardly any time at all in comparison. Yeah, and there's things like you know, oh, there's this flower you need. It grows on the mountain of uh, on the side of Mount. Look at that, and it only blooms on the solstice. Every other year. <laughs> you need that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of the ideas I had one time was to say, okay, you know, uh, you, it's, it's going to take like, you know, you, you want a, a plus five sword. Okay, it's going to take five enchantments. But each one has to take under, uh, has to take place under a um, uh, an eclipse. And so, you know, and, and, and the mage is like, the mage is like, and that happens once every 20 years. So they're like, well, in 100 years, we can't wait 100 years for this. And then someone says, well, wait a second. You know, an eclipse takes place here every 20 years. Maybe it takes place other places sooner. And then they're running around to the astrologers and trying to figure out where, where there's a full eclipse elsewhere in the kingdom or elsewhere in the world. And they go on this big jaunt, rushing around, running around the, the, the world, trying to get at the right place at the right time so that they can get this enchantment done in a reasonable amount of time. And then they find the last enchantment has to be done under a lunar eclipse. <laughs> Stop nerfing my good story here, John. <laughs> you know, no, but yeah, 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 yeah. Adventure, you get to see, basically you get to fill in the map in in that situation. Exactly, that's one of the best ways of getting them to move around. Now, I'll tell you right now that's that um, if 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 you do these kinds of special items, then either they have to be randomly rolled up 
or they have to be very strictly codified because nothing will get the players madder than thinking they know what is the prime component for a magic item and find out it's something else. And my, and my example is they all wanted to get a ring of regeneration. And I said, well, and, they all, and they're all like, okay, and I know exactly how to get that. And they were all planning their quest and they're getting their equipment together. And I said, what are you talking about? That's not that, you know, he says, and they said, oh yeah, we're going to go out and get the heart of a troll. That's what we need for our rings of regeneration. I said, no, no, that's not what you need. You need the left nut of the high priest of the God of healing. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> he says, and he's, and he's going to want a regeneration spell on himself too afterwards. <laughs> Or the next high priest, you get his, and you know, and just wait to the new next high priest, and you get his. Well, you know, it's not a le- it's not a lethal operation unless you make it so. <laughs> but unless you really mess up after the second or third time, yeah, he's going to kind of resist. You know, you know, I just grew it back. I haven't even had a chance to break it in. Anyways, they got really mad at me on that one. <laughs> they were like, going, no, no. It's, you know, I said, where does it say that? It's always been that way. And I said, I don't know where you read that, but, you know. Um, <laughs> in uh, Bureau 13, uh, one of the things you had the ability to do was to roll up magical components for each of the spells you wanted to cast. And it could be each spell or it could be each spell category. And if you rolled badly you could end up with a lot of really expensive magic components or really hard to find. And you ended up having to take that impure component modifier when you were trying to cast oh, your spells oh, yeah. because you just couldn't come up with, yeah, I mean, how many flawless one-pound diamonds are you, are you going to pony up for a light spell? Or as my example, you need the, uh, you need, um, was it, um, oh, um, Wolfsbane gathered at, in, in, at a full moon, by a virgin with with a silver with a silver uh, shears. Yeah, yeah, you heard this one before. Yeah, what you get, of course, is you know Gladys with her three kids and her pair of pinking shears. She she got it off the bush in the backyard this morning. <laughs> you get what you have to do. What you get, and I always wonder about that because whenever I roll up the the random magic components, that was that was the components for that spell. I didn't have the players. Yeah, if they had that same spell, I didn't roll it differently. Whoever was rolled first, that's the components. Yeah, I used to have them each roll up their components separately from each other. If there were two mages in the party and they both had the same spell, they had different components. Hey, Charlie, you got any uh, left left hands feet or something like that? Uh, no, but I got a pig snout. That doesn't work. <laughs> I don't think it actually was in there. It was actually, but yeah, there was some weird things there. And something like you said, yeah, I think it was wasn't like gems of a certain value. Yeah, there were all kinds of things. I mean, I, I put it into the character, uh, uh, the character generator, where it would not only if you pick if you were a spellcaster, it would it would generate your spell components for each of the spells that you had a category for. Oh, okay, yeah. And so it was. I it, it, don't like you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yes, there were uh, there were a number of people who said, "Well, I'm just not going to use components anymore." Oh, what was I was listening to um, uh, the gutter skypes, and they were talking. Uh, I think it was the the tome of evil magic that came out from D and D several years ago, and codified that a certain spell required 
the heart of an of a small elven child. Oh, the book Vile Darkness. Oh, yeah. And then then it was and then someone asked in the Dragon Magazine, so how much does it cost? And then they said one silver piece. They did that because otherwise every mage would have a heart, this the small heart of an elven child in their magic in their magic kit. It, otherwise, because if it had no value, they could have it for free. So they had to give it a value so people wouldn't actually have it in their mag- in their magic kit for free. <laughs> you know, because yeah, hey, a small heart, it's it's been pickled. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's but yeah, it, it, it require yeah requiring special materials or you know special metals. Now, there's another one right there. We t- people tend to forget. You don't need say you need to make them out of steel. Well, in the medieval economy, steel is like well, it's more than master craft because steel is the you know I would say it's the steel the you know it's the it's it's the what was it from Conan? Oh, from Conan the um the secret of steel. You know, steel weapons are you know we talk about Damascus steel and the Japanese uh, swords and so forth. Those were all long involved processes to make those weapons and make, you know, and, and we're right now we're start we're finally figuring out how they made Damascus steel. But you also can turn around and say, well, to make a really good sword, you got to make it out of copper. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. The magic is what makes it sharp. Magic is makes it endure, enduring, but you have to make it out of pure copper. I could sit there and make, get a club pick up a stick, you know, pick up a decent-sized branch. And, you know, if you have a temporary, you know, augmentation spell, yeah, it's going to be as hard as a steel club. Or precious or precious metals, you have to make out gold or silver, which are lousy weapon metals, but they're great magic metals. I mean, it sounds like you guys like the idea of there being special materials for magic items. How many? Ooh. Is it just going to be one thing that you need in order to make a magic item? Is it going to be like a you know a one thing per every hundred thousand gold pieces it's worth, or is there going to be you know five or six where you have to really every magic item you want to make you basically gotta unless they're very common, you know. But I'm never saying special, so therefore uncommon. How many things do you think should be required for magic items? I fall in the camp of. Every special effect or power requires at least one special item. So a plus one sword, one item. Plus five sword of, of flame, oh, maybe six, maybe seven, depending on how that flame works. Yeah, I would say the more powerful the item you want, the more special materials and components you need to have that weapon in order to make it. Okay. Like, let's say I want to make a cloak of invisibility. Then you must, yeah, you have to make the, the cloak and then you have to soak the cloth once you've sewn it in, you know, two gallons of chameleon's blood or whatever, you know. Right, but you realize you're just making it harder for you to make your magic items, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're basically saying, let's, you know, let's adopt this magic system where it's going to take me forever to make a single magic item. Well, yeah, I mean, that would depend, again, if you want a low magic campaign, doing the special materials thing would work. Because you know, not many people are going to want to go through the rigmarole 
of getting all these special materials to make an item. So magic items are going to be rare, which is what usually a low magic campaign, one of the components of a low magic campaign is. Very few magic items. You got to travel the world to get the stuff to put it together. Yeah, and not everything is used up in it. I mean, there's some, you know, it could be something along the line of, oh, and and this during this portion, it must be it must be held held aloft by a virgin. So that actually is a component. But you know, okay, how how rare virgins in your area, or that plus six holy avenger. The last thing you have to do with it is have your have, have your god touch it. So it's so much a special material that's part of the ritual. We're talking physical components here. I mean, I think the physical component, the, the special materials, again, story-based, but it's nice. It does add to, well, we got to go out and do side quests to get this stuff together. So I see its usefulness in a magic system. Yeah. Now, it could also be that without the magic, if you don't have special items, the magic goes away after a while. It's the last longer than a spell, but it's not permanent. But if you have the the item, you now have a permanent magic spell on it at that point. Okay. Josie? I would say the special components add an element of difficulty and a length to it that, in most cases, should be there. Okay. Okay, so like for example, the uh, the feather, uh, the the token. You got like one of those. Um, um, you got you got this charm bracelet. It's got like a dozen things on it, and each one of those things does a, a different thing. Okay, um, which means that you have to have, um, and they're all magical, but they're not super super powerful magic, but still useful magic. So that means you're going to need at least twelve different magic special magic components, one for each of the charms. Is that what you're saying? But if you wanted to have that many different effects, yes, I would. It, you need something to imbue that effect on it into the particular charms. Yeah, and and not all special materials is really like that necklace of fireballs. One of the special components is say uh, ash from a volcano. You just need enough for how many how many uh, you know. Things on the uh, how many uh, fireball beads you got on the necklace, you know, the, the, you know it's part it's part of the component, but it's got to be a certain you know it come from a certain maybe even from a recent eruption. So you have to go wherever the recent eruption is, and of course you have to then deal with all the problems that eruption has caused in the area. But you get your ash. All right, so let's move on to how specialized can magic items be? A plus five, plus five back scratcher right there. Okay. I'd have to, I'd have, you'd have to explain how the plus five back scratcher is better than the plus three back scratcher, sir. I just have to touch it, and it's scratched. The three, I have to work on a little bit. Uh huh. <laughs> seems a kind of seems a little bit of like overkill there. Okay, but like for example, something like a wand of vampire slaying. Do you want magic items to be targeted? You know, against specific creatures, specific races. Well, you know, because there are in D and D, there's a number of weapons that are give bonuses against certain monstrous types. Yeah, the so, bane you, special ability. Right. Yeah. Do you think? Do you want? Do you think that should be in a um, in a magic game? In a, in a magic item creation? 
Oh no, I love the Bane. The the Bane special quality. Oh, the. Well, it's that and Mythic Bane. Yeah, Joe's and I are dealing with that in the Maze World, the campaign on the, the old Sunday game. It's a normal plus three kukri or whatever, but against uh-huh. Mythic Outsiders, it's a plus five and it adds 4d6 damage. So, yeah, I, I, I do like the concept of specialization. Yeah, I mean, I, I've mentioned one already. The, the wound of one pound of cooked rice. Yeah, I think it was three times three times a day. So yeah, you can make three pounds of cooked rice. That's a lot to feel a lot of people. Or to do th- or or to do things that make Starfleet officers cringe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that too, but yeah. So you you like this idea. You don't want your your magic items to be more generic, you know, like you know, um let's say a, a, a carpet of flying, okay? It's it's you know, there's gonna be a carpet of flying and swooping. Carpet of flying with a nice lounge chair and a cold beverage dispenser. You know, a carpet of speed versus a carpet of hovering. This, this is to John. Settle down there, Sir Richard Branson. Yeah. Yeah. Carpet of lifting. You know. You know, carpet of summoning uh, surf at the beach. A golem, a golem of beverage holding. Yeah, yeah. So he, he's not good for anything except holding on, uh, holding the on the beverages and making them cold or warm, depending upon you know the right yeah, hand right. Well, makes the well, beverage warm, the left hand makes the beverage cold. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. all he does. He can't he, he can't attack anybody. He's just there for that one reason. And he's also there for when I go here, hold my beer, and <laughs> of course he has to be able to do that, to make it cold. So, John, good thing about that. If you have a Guinness, you can put it in the warm hand. There you go. So you're not worried in any way of, of, of either A, trivializing magic items, or B, turning a magic item into like a Swiss army knife, like the, uh, like the um, um, staff of leadership. Oh, no, the staves? The, the, staves the, rod, of, the rod of leadership that has like five or six different functions into it. Oh no, those are cool. I like those. I, I, I see where Bruce is coming from. I mean, this is where we get into the situation of: Are we talking ubiqu- ubiquitous magic, where it's everywhere and everyone's, you know, the refrigerator? You have refrigerators. There's inside. There's a small little ice elemental keeping it cold inside. You know, and things like that. I mean, you know, you know, are we talking, you know, basically magic as technology? Or are we talking about, yeah, especially comes down to what's available in the spell book, but kind of tweak for a certain, you know, certain class of critters or a certain class of operations. But, you know, you know, the, 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 the golem of beer holding. Nah, we, we don't do that. You know, <laughs> I mean, how, how far do we go down that little rabbit hole? Right. Exactly. I see what John's getting at here. Oh, look, we have these little nitpicky magic items. You know who makes those nitpicky magic items? Bored people with a lot of time and money on their hands. Or apprentices, one or the other. Well, if you have apprentices, you're not going to be poor. So, I mean... Apprentice, no, mages use apprentices for the bread and butter items. Yeah. That's what they're there for. Mm-hmm. They, they make the little, the little things they can sell to the housewives. Well, or the things, or the magic swords to sell to the Duke. That's true, too, yeah. 
Yeah. Of course, you have to have a good returns policy, you know. Specialized, how specialized? And I would say limited by what's available within your magic system and possibly tuned to a specific uh, NPC race, critter, or, or, or being maybe a certain operation, but that operation has to be something within that's capable with current spells. If you don't like items to be specialized, okay, then just, you know, all, um, all you really need to do is just simply say they cost X, you know, a lot of money or they take a long time to make, at which point people will only make items that are the most utilitarian. They're not going to be making, you know, a, a, uh, a cup that always keeps the, the, the tea warm because it's just unless – I mean, there might be a couple of those around. Because there's, as you say, there's there's people with more money than brains, and you know they've got they, yeah. they've, they've got they've got the the court wizard, and they might as well put them to do used to do something. I think there was at least one ever full tankard or something in D and D rules. There was the ever full tankard. Well, it's like the the in at the end of Doctor Strange, where Thor had the the ever filling beer mug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never you drink yourself silly. Yeah, but yeah, the, the, those yeah, but those are things that you know that wizards make you know either on a dare or they're bored, as Bruce put out, pointed out. You know, it's so yeah. But if you don't do that, then if if you make magic items, if magic items is is cheap to make, then yeah, you uh, and it's gonna be then you're gonna get a lot of that. You know, where people are making all kinds of little knickknack magic items for people to use. You know, and. And as and if of course you know if someone I you know I'm trying to think of a good example but if somebody could make you know uh, a magic item in one day that brought him in you know a gold piece okay that actually might be worth more to that mage than to make than a magic item that took two years to make that brought in a thousand. But then I'm reminded of the Sorcerer's Apprentice and the mops. Oh hell no! <laughs> what, what about it? That technically was he animated, but, but those were enchanted items. Yeah, everything was everything was fine until we started chopping them up. That's right. Yeah, that's on him. <laughs> yeah, but that's uh, that goes on to your your point E. Uh, how hard is it? You know, how much knowledge do you need to be able to enchant an item? I mean. I mean, no, no, no mage worth his salt would ever have a magic item repair itself, because uh, that would be putting him out of a job. Yeah. You know, he should have chopped up those things, and they should have been gone. That should have worked. Yeah, but it does beg the point. I mean, typically in, in a D&D game, that would have never happened. He would never have the ability or power to animate those, those, those mops that do anything. He's first level. He's yeah. using a wand, mm, or he's reading from a book, or, or he's reading from a book, right? But even then, I think if I remember correctly, at least the, back in the days when I played D anD D, still, if it's above his level, he can't cast it. If but you could, if it was a um, there was a chance of failure, but it, you could cast any scroll uh, uh, above your level. I would, see, know. I would see with how well it backfired on him. There was the uh, yeah. We know the mishap, the mishap tables. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sometimes oh, yeah. the magic wants to get off the page. That there's that too. Right. If right. Any, he he ended up hitting the mishap table and went really bad. Yep. Okay. So um, so the the final question is, 
Um, and I may have to re restate it. He says, does it require more knowledge than that required to cast the spell that is desired? So if we're making an item that essentially is um, uh, recreates the same effect as a spell, do you have to know more in order to artifice this object to make it permanent and, or, or charged in this item? Uh, you know, does the knowledge of being able to cast a spell give you the, the knowledge of what you need to do in order to make this into a magic item, or do you need some other skill or, or uh, magical power or another spell that has to be combined with it in order for it to happen? Well, like in OGL, it's like, yeah, what do you need? The first thing you need is the item creation feat. Craft wand, forge ring. Brew potion, scribe scroll. After that, usually you only need the spell that you, the spell or spells you want to put in the item. That's it. Are you usually. saying you like that? Are you saying that's what you think it should be like? I would say the spell or spells required. As I said, there are some items that have multiple spells, like the rod of rulership you mentioned earlier, and maybe some other little. Well, as I said, in, in Pathfinder D20, they use the feet, and that comprises the artificing rules. In order to cast a spell, you have to know everything about that spell. It, in, of itself, may, you might confer to you knowledge of how to take that spell and embed it in an object. Because it once, when we were talking earlier about spells, we said maybe spells are like crystallized magic that you cast the spell in your mind, and it basically stays that way, and then later on, when you are so-called casting, you're just triggering it, okay? And so if you've already created that matrix in a sense, it should be, in a sense, you already know how to enchant it into an object. But if you want to go and say, hey, you also need to go and, let's say, study up on how to do enchantments, in order to do that, well, that's that's your choice. That's what the question is asking. There, there is a inherent difference between casting a spell, just like throwing it at something, and putting that spell into an object. Okay, so what do you think should be necessary in order to make that magic item? Then, okay, you know, we, we talked about, like, you need certain components, you know, you need knowledge of the spell that you're trying to cause it to happen, um, you know, you need time and expertise, but are there other magical effects that you think should be part of the creation of a magic item besides what we just talked about? Okay, let me give you an example. Should and uh, there's a spell that basically confers a plus one to a sword, okay? But it runs out. So should you know? And uh, but there's a spell called permanency. So should you have to cast permanency on the spell that's in the sword in order to make it a permanent magic item? I have never thought of it that way before. Yeah. Now, in D and D, they only talk about specific spells that it works on. But you could say, uh, I'm in the magic system we're creating. When I'm artificing, yes, if I want that spell to last forever, like a like something like a plus one sword, then we have to cast permanency on it. What do you think of that? It does make sense if you were to use it that way. 
anything. Because we're talking about a very, very uh, high level uh, spell. Right. right. And you're talking about basically imbuing an item with a permanent, more or less permanent version of a particular spell. Right. Which makes me question why they don't do that now. Well, I think the main reason is because then you'd have to be like a 15th level caster in order to make a magic item because you would require permanency every time. That makes sense, too. Yeah, I I would actually be more in favor of making it into a ritual. Rituals are always more involved and take longer and, and... I would actually would you say okay it's you're you it's a smite you're casting the smite spell on a sword or or pussy uh, pu- uh, plus one you plus one in the sword whatever you, it's a ritual and it takes longer it involves much more it involves, again like we said this is where the the items you, we we went out and got and gathered are now going to be used in part of the enchantment in this enchantment ritual. And it's going to take, you know, where, where the smite spell may take, oh, five seconds to cast. It's not going to take us an hour. Are you saying that any spell could be cast as a ritual then and therefore be used in, in, in this kind of thing? Yes. Okay. I, I would go that route. Basically, making magic items require you are imbuing it with some sort of magical essence. Right. So, therefore, it doesn't require more knowledge. It just simply requires a different kind of casting. Is what you're saying now? In some cases, I'm because I was also we're talking about making magic weapons. There's the, the the great scene from the movie Dragon Slayer, where they're making the Dragon Slayer that that uh, sphere that that spear that cuts through iron like it's <laughs> that wor- that worthless spear. I know it's worth it because unfortunately that because uh, you know Therm- Thermifrax was no ordinary dragon, uh, yeah, but. Yeah. So yes, it chops right through a bl- uh, the the anvil, right? Yeah, with her, by the by the weak wizard guy chopping it with it, not the, the 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 blacksmith, the wizard guy who doesn't have much muscles, cut through the end of that anvil with that with that more than razor sharp, uh, mag- basically magical, magically in- enhanced and sharpened uh, dragon slayer. How does that help us here? I don't understand how that helps us. Because. He had to do the he had to do the the enchantment to really get the heat necessary heat, but took the knowledge of the smith to give it the right edge, the proper edge. And two of them working together were able to make because the wizard couldn't do it and the smith couldn't do it, but together they could. So are you saying that making any magic item requires the uh, the aid and knowledge of another art, uh, artisan? Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to be making a, a plus five sword, yeah, yeah, I want I want the best blacks, best weaponsmith there with me because because we're starting with a blank and we're making a sword. All right, so so that means that if you're you know before you can make a cloak of elven kind, you say you've got to have you know somebody, um, you've got to have ex- the expert seamstress there, El- elvish seamstress there with you, yes, yes, of course, expert elvish seamstress. Okay, and if you're going, if, and if you're going to make a uh, an apparatus qualish, then you're going to have to have a uh, a master gnome tinker there. Is that what you're saying? Okay, so so no mage by himself, therefore can't you know unless they take a 
specific, you know, feed or whatever in a, a particular artisan is ever going to be able to make a magic item by themselves. Yeah, they have to either spend the time in learning the learning the craft themselves, in which case they're spending twice as much time learning the ability to d- learn that. Yeah, you know, basically, this is why you got old gray wizards because they've 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 cross trained, so to speak, in other uh, in other things. I mean, you know, you got wizard. Yeah, and it's also why you have specialist wizards too, because they don't want they don't want to have to learn how to make cloaks and things. They've spent all their time learning how to make swords. Or flying carpets, or what, or brooms, flying brooms. That's it. Oh, I make his flying brooms, you know. Or the guy out of uh, um, out of Blade Runner, eyes. I just make eyes. Yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. I, 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 I fa- so I favor the 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 fact is, you're, you, you know, when you're crafting an item, you are crafting an item. So yeah, that wand, you might be able to do it yourself. The, uh, unless, of course, needs some things like a gem in the end or some of that, then you then you need a gem a gem uh, gem cutter for that gem. But for the for some things, you could probably do it yourself. You know, we got a mastercraft sword. That's my base base level to give a plus one, maybe a plus two. But after that, I'm making a sword because I need to make sure it's improperly imbued with certain things during the process of being manufactured, and therefore I need the help of the weaponsmith, or I become a weaponsmith. You know, the more powerful magic users who make those make those really good weapons, they are also weaponsmiths. So they, they're doing both ends of that job at that point. Okay, so from my point of view, you know, and this is based primarily upon what I've done in the Bureau 13 thing, I like the idea that you have a spell, so you have to know that spell, you know, and that area spell. You also need to know... The, the magical category of enchantment so that you can make an item permanent, make a spell effect permanent. And you also need to know a, a third category, which is trigger, which is how you get it to operate when you want it to operate. You might need more than that. You might need, if you want it to have the ability to operate independently of you, then you might need something that would essentially give it uh, uh, some form of, of AI, maybe divination, some piece of, you know, a, a, another category to grant it the ability to have some kind of autonomousness or target seeking or something else like that that allows you, uh, you know, to, to do that. Maybe familiar would be a, a better category than divination. So I, I think that, you know, if you're making magic items, it might it would be perfectly reasonable to expect you to be proficient in these areas that are only pretty much primarily used in artificing. Now, trigger, of course, could be used for other things where you set up a spell, you want it to go off, it basically becomes a trap. You know, or a curse, or something like that, and like a uh, contingency spell. Yeah, right. Or a contingency spell. Sure. You know, whenever whenever someone sticks a sword in me, a healing spell goes off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. So I like that idea, and I, and and that's if I was to make a a choice on how to do it, I would want that extra stuff. Okay, but I also do think that um, knowing the uh, the spell. Uh, um, to be able to cast it properly should be able to give me everything I know need to know as far as casting that spell into an object unless 
you want to say that the special components that go into the manufacture of the sword or whatever it is are necessary to making that spell or effect permanent. It's, it's just part of what makes the enchantment happen. Yeah, I just had a thought about, you know, because I don't know if it's in currently in the current Pathfinder, but it was from good old AD&D. That were the ego swords, you know, especially ones like 18 ego. For those of you not familiar with that, that these are these are intelligent swords, and if they have, oh no, they have. Oh, bad. I just heard. I I just heard the word sword and ego, and my brain went to the blade pound magus. But the, but all intelligence swords have ego. Yeah, well, <laughs> they always think they're they always think they're the stuff, you know. Staring at three egos, damn it! Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, I'm wondering, you know, so what's the special component for that? Uh, I want an 18 ego. Oh, so you need the brain of a mind flayer? No, 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 Just, no, no. no. There is not. There's no. Nobody has more ego than a kobold or a goblin. They are little bits of nothing, yet they'll still, they stand up to the world. Actually, I can know one 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 critter that actually has probably more ego than a goblin or or a kobold, a, a wizard. But anyway. Uh... <laughs> See, meanwhile, when as soon as they said ego, wolf's over here pointing at me. <laughs> right, like so... I said, I'm staring at a bunch of them. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, so I don't know if you heard what we were all saying, Trav, when you were off. But no. um, is is there anything else you want to add that you weren't able to? Well, no. I think that. Yeah, you have to have the spell in order to enact what you want the item to do. There should be some other mechanic that, and the game mechanic will stand for whatever part of the ritual you need to infuse that spell into. So I think you need a little bit more knowledge than just, oh, I know how to cast this spell. That's fine. It, it, you make it shoot from your fingers. You want to be able to have it shoot from this stick, you're going to need a little more. So yeah, I think there should be a little more knowledge than just the base spell knowledge for artificing. As I said, in Pathfinder, that's what the feats are for. Since I use other systems, I go with rituals. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for all your help, guys, in making, uh, working out this. And like I said, I think there's a few more things we, we talked about we wanted to bring back in. So there will probably be one more session on this once I compile together all the things that we, we, we brought up, but we, it wasn't actually part of that particular topic that we were talking about at the time. And um, and and handle that. But thanks for going through this. This has been a long haul. You know, it's been oh, over six. It's been over yeah, six sessions. Long, yeah, it, long it, topic. Yes, but no, but like Blix used to say, Josie, we killed this topic. We really we'll put this. We something. We kill it. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of killing things, um, I, I prefer the term "fillet it." We fillet it. You know. <laughs> We, 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 we gently separate it out into its component oh. pieces. Okay. We do it elegantly with a very sharp knife. Him. Yeah. Just don't, so don't try and out-semantic him. <laughs> Who are you talking about? The guy I need to get up and visit so I can hash out my next topic with. 
<laughs> okay. That's, anyway. Just just remember, Josie, okay, BS is my initials. <laughs> well, for, for, it's not going to be... got us there, Josie. Yeah. Not uh, only that, but my wife's initials are BS also, so that means my son Eric has a double dose. Because <laughs> he's, yeah, pro- okay. he's the product of yeah. both of us. No doubt will uh, will over- outstrip us in his own someday. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for hanging with us during this long examination. We hope that we've touched on all the things that you thought were important about a, a magic system, the ultimate perfect magic system. And if we didn't, well, we've got our Facebook groups. We've got our G, um, G Plus groups uh, and Google. We have uh, the TritechGamers.com. We have uh, the Yahoo group. And I'm sorry, Josie, what else? Some of us have Twitter. Some of us have Twitter, which you can, if you're following Josie or any of the members of the podcast, please, you know, feel free to tweet at us. Uh, the, yeah, TriTag Games. Yeah, that's right. the Twitter handle. Yeah. Okay. And uh, let us know what we forgot so we can gra- you know, run with it in, in a final episode. And, uh, you know, and, and get your voice heard because, you know, we uh, uh, we're doing the best we can with what we got. And uh, yeah. we do have a lot of experience to draw on, but there's always that little extra inspiration that can only come from the heart of a true gamer. And we're counting on you to provide that. Yep. So we'll have yeah. more for you next week. Yeah. Until then. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Blix. Don't hate the game, hate the players. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. This is Richard Tahoka. Wait till you see what's coming next. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at TriTech Games. And if you don't, we'll be after your sorry butts, because we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org, colon 8027.